0: Welcome to the Public Services Reform Podcast from the Centre for Market and Public Organisation. My name is Ramesh Fajalengam and today I'm talking to Dr Richard Harris from the School of Geographical Sciences at the University of Bristol. Uh, Rich is also a member of CMPO. And we're we're going to be talking about uh, Rich's research on ethnic segregation. And what you've been looking at, Rich, I understand, is uh, looking at neighbourhood segregation in in large uh, British cities and also school segregation. Why don't you start off by telling us a little bit more about this.
1: Okay, well perhaps I can give you a bit of context, which will make it a bit easier. So we know from an earlier study that my colleagues, um, primarily Simon and uh, Ron Johnson even in Geography, uh, did. And we already know that ethnic separation, uh, if we measure it for schools, is greater than for neighbourhoods. We also know that's particularly the case for primary schools and for the South Asian, Black Caribbean and Black African populations. So we know that already and really what we were doing in this study is revisiting some of those results and using a more direct comparison of neighbourhoods or localities uh, and schools. And really from that we were able to answer three questions. We we're interested in finding is there any evidence of particular ethnic groups travelling further than they need to to school. So what we were doing is we were modelling what we would describe as the core catchment areas of schools. So those kind of spaces that they tend to recruit from. Now, if a pupil is within one or more of those spaces, so they're within one or more of the core catchment areas of one or more schools and they're travelling to schools outside those catchment areas, then we might argue that they're going further than they need to. Now, of course, on an individual case, that's hardly surprising because a lot of factors dictate where someone goes to school. But if you're kind of getting a situation where particular ethnic groups are more prone to doing it than others, then you might argue that something more kind of systematic or structural. So the fir- that was the first thing, looking um, for evidence, of particular uh, ethnic groups travelling th- further than in the sense they need to. The second um, was to look for evidence of polarisation. What I mean by that is because we're looking at the catchment areas of schools, we could find out catchment areas of multiple schools and see if they were overlapping. And you might argue then that your modeling is a sort of local market of schools. We can then compare those schools intakes in, ter- in terms of their ethnic composition and see if they're the same or see if they're different on face value you'd expect them to be fairly similar if they're all fairly recruiting fairly kind of and, and rep- representatively from their from their catchments from the neighborhood areas so we're looking at issues of polarization and finally to come back to the original study just to make this more direct comparison of Comparing the ethnic profile of the potential catchment areas of schools with their final intake and seeing if the two are the same, whether they differ. And again, if they differ, the argument is, well, why do they differ? It would suggest that for whatever reason, the selection process from those catchment areas doesn't fully represent the people, the ethnic composition of the people who live there. So three research questions.
0: So is it the case that schools are more ethnically segregated than the neighbourhoods in which they're located?
1: Yes, I think... You can over exaggerate that claim. Um, Not all schools are, clearly. And in fact, to be perfectly frank, most schools aren't. Um, There's a very simple reason for that, ultimately, is that most schools are predominantly white and in predominantly white areas, so of course their intake does fairly represent the neighbours, that's not surprising. And in fact, that's one of the difficulties of this kind of research, because you're actually looking at the exceptions from the norm, you're actually trying to focus in on quite unusual events. But when you do start doing that, yes, you certainly in our study areas, which were Birmingham and London, you do get differences. In fact, if I just look at the results, what we can do is we can as, as I said before, we can compare the, the composition, the ethnic profile of a neighbourhood of catchment area to the final intake into a school. And really we can use standard segregation measures and some sort of measures of modelling of simulate simulating kind of confidence and statistical significance to see if those two differ. So are schools different from their neighbourhoods. Uh, and what we've found is that yes, significantly so, for about 10% of primary schools in Birmingham and 20% of primary schools in London. So again, it's the minority of schools, which is what you'd expect, but there are clearly schools where their final composition, their final ethnic, final ethnic profile are really quite different from the neighbourhoods that you, they would seemingly represent.
0: So, so it seems to be the case that um South Asian parents and maybe black Caribbean parents are deliberately encouraging their children to go to schools where there are other South Asian kids and other black Caribbean kids?
1: I think we probably have to be a little cautious in inferring quite that much from it. Um, Certainly, when we look at the distances different ethnic groups travel to school, and again comes this idea of them travelling further in the sense they need to, uh, given the kind of geographical arrangements of schools around where they live, certainly Black Caribbean pupils in both Birmingham and London, interestingly, because on face value again there seems to be no particular reason why you should get the same trend in the two cities, do certainly have an increased likelihood of travelling further than they need to to school. Now it's certainly one inference that the reason for that uh, is that they want their children to be schooled with their peer group. There are other explanations, of course, as well. Um, It might be the role of sort of faith and faith schools in that. It might be something to do with the geography of where people live and the kind of relative concentrations where people live. You might argue, for example, that um, if we think in terms of immigration, the Black Caribbean population has a kind of longer history in Britain than some more recent kind of ways of immigration. And that simply may reflect in kind of where they live and then kind of access to schools and so on and so forth. So I think, I mean, I think what you said that the people like their children to be schooled with their peers seems to be fairly reasonable uh, and indeed may well be one of the explanations. But I think we actually have to be a little careful inferring the, that kind of uh, conclusion from this type of study, I think.
0: Do you have a feel for whether this is changing over time? I mean, we, we hear people saying... Uh a great deal in the press these days that uh, we are becoming a more segregated society. The chairman of the Equality and Human Rights Commission, Trevor Phillips, has has used the term sleepwalking towards segregation in the past. Do Do you find that we are? Are these schools getting more segregated?
1: Let me answer that question in just a second. Let me give you an example which might lead someone to come to that conclusion and then kind of answer your question directly. So again, looking at it in this study, we were looking at locally competing schools and so we were looking for the sense of polarization where the different schools recruit different, uh, different uh, types, different ethnically, uh, uh, people from different ethnic backgrounds. For example, there's a primary school in Birmingham, uh, which we expected about 10% of pupils to be black Caribbean and actually had almost 50%. Meanwhile, a locally competing school actually was less than 2% Black Caribbean, so rather different in their intakes despite the fact that normally they're drawing from the same areas. Or another example, um, in London there are actually a few instances of primary schools where one is almost 100% Bangladeshi and the other, which actually overlaps in terms of spaces of admission, is 0% Bangladeshi or almost 0%. that seems to be suggest something not ideal in terms of multicultural Britain. It seems to suggest evidence of polarisation and segregation. But the question was, is it getting worse? And a lot of people assume that it is because they can find evidence of polarisation and segregation, therefore things must be getting worse. But that's not an inference you should make. Because you're, these studies are only snapshots in time and you need a benchmark to claim whether something's getting worse. Now in a separate study, uh, that colleagues are dumb. We have looked at this and whether there's evidence that segregation is getting worse in the UK. Um, the timescale is within the last few years, and I think it's over a five-six year period. But that kind of that kind of perspective, and the studies conclude no. Uh, there's no real strong evidence that things are getting worse. There are, of course, you can find places where it might be happening. Of course, you can because you'll always find evidence of a process going one way or indeed going the other way. But if you sort of draw back from the kind of very microscopic, uh, micro sort of cases and really get a kind of broader perspective of it, no, there isn't a lot of evidence that things are getting worse in any strong sense.
0: But even if it isn't getting worse, do do, do you think, is it your view that this is a problem? Do you think this kind of ethnic segregation has kind of uh, uh, damaging outcomes to British society, damaging maybe for the educational outcomes of the kids themselves? And if so, what should we do about it?
1: (laughs) I'm always slightly uncomfortable kind of making normative judgments. I know that's a cop-out, it is a cop-out, but uh, for the benefit of the listeners, I'm um, I'm white, uh, (laughs) Anglo-Saxon Protestant, who went to a former grammar school in Berkshire. Uh, where at the time there was one non white pupil, uh, one non uh, C of or at least normally C of E, pupil. So I, I'm not sure I'm the best person to cast judgments or, or, or tell other people how they should school their children. Clearly, the clearly though, there is, there is a concern about this uh, in the media and I think it would be too easy to conclude that that's just the media whipping people up into sort of frenzy. I suspect if you talk to people from different backgrounds from mine um, including include some white populations and actually talked about them about experiences they may well perceive that sort of things are getting worse and in any kind of their neighbourhoods they may well be. Um, I mean I think it's a very difficult issue. Does it matter? Uh, I, I believe that's an area of ongoing research at uh, CMPO Um, I I think I'm right in saying, but someone better add a retraction or something to this tape if I'm wrong. That Again, there's no obvious evidence that it necessarily harms your educational prospects. And my my own view, for what it's worth, it's not actually clear to me um, why it should matter if particular ethnic groups and their parents choose to send their children to schools where that ethnic group is dominant. I mean, that's actually my educational background. just in a in a white school, um, I can I can see why people are concerned, but I I I think it's a hasty link to jump from school segregation, if it exists, or because people are sending their children to different schools, that therefore multicultural Britain is in crisis. I think that's a very hasty leap because people meet outside schools. Schools aren't the be all and the end all of people's existence. So, does it matter? It clearly matters to certain people in a certain contexts, and I wouldn't want to belittle that experience in any way. My own view should we kind of be socially engineering schools to kind of create a representative mix of ethnic groups? I don't think so. I don't think how that can possibly
0: work. But that's a personal view. Rich Harris, thank you very much. Thank you.